Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hey, welcome into the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio right here on 1280 The Zone. Mountain Land Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And hey, don't let the snowy conditions and the winter fool you. You know, uh, spring's just around the corner, and you, know, you got to take care of all those uh, potential broken pipes over the year, over the winter, and the dry spots. That's what I need to work on. I got some so many dry spots in my yard. I put a fence in a few years ago and didn't really properly reroute my sprinkler and so I've got areas that are not getting properly watered not getting that coverage and it's terrible I'm, I'm done with it and now that I've found Mountland Supply we're going to get it we're going to make it happen this year this is the this is the proper watering year for for the Taylor family we're doing it you're, Mountland Supply. you're gonna you're gonna have your golf grass like yeah you know you Alpine. well I, I've always wanted that but I'll be honest with you I don't want to put the time in that's required to do that I'd rather go. actually be out on the golf course. So I've let, I've let my yard suffer a little bit over the years as I've gotten older for time on the golf course. So some people make their full hobby, making their yard look like a golf course. And I'm all about that, mm-hmm. but I'm spending more time on the golf course and less on my yard. But I want, that's why I need it all automated so that it just, the coverage is there and, and, and that comes down to water and it saves water too, if you do it right. So anyway, I appreciate Mountain Land for their sponsorship of Real Golf Radio. Hey, just got to reiterate, uh, we are uh, kicking off 2020 with a couple of giveaways. If you're not following us on Twitter, you need to do so at Real Golf. If you uh, jump on, you'll be able to check out our tweet where you can uh, win a new Callaway Maverick driver. It's all going down on Tuesday, the release of the new Maverick driver, Fairway Woods, Hybrids, and Irons, and we're going to be bringing you details on the show next week. But we're going to be giving away at the end of this month two, one to our Instagram followers and one to our Twitter followers. So right now our Instagram followers are, well, we don't really have any. Let's just put it that way. So you got a really good <laughs> chance numbers. of winning a brand new driver. You need to jump on there and uh, give us a follow, and uh, we will uh, be giving and drawing uh, those randomly at the end of the month. So uh, hooking you up uh, right around the PGA Merchandise Showtime and the Super Bowl, we're going to give you away a new Maverick driver. So this is going to be a cool, a cool promotion. Just follow us at Real Giddy Golf, up. and uh, Real Golf Radio is where you find us on Insta. Yep. So we got that going for us. Hey, Bob, uh, why don't we take a moment uh, right off the bat because we spent the first two hours and we'll continue to replay some of this for you talking about the controversy with Patrick Reed and the heckling and the attorney letter and all of that. that that's pretty fascinating stuff and will continue to be a developing story throughout probably the rest of Patrick's career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also talked about the new world handicap system. Thomas Pagel, who is uh, over governor, governance for the USGA, joined us and spent uh, two segments, 20 minutes with us, telling us about the new the new system. So we'll play that for you. But before we get into all that, we do need to recognize Justin Thomas and yes. what he was able to accomplish in winning because he was one of our players to watch as we kicked off 2020. And didn't he go right out and pick up a W? Although a little bit clumsy down the stretch still, a W nonetheless. And so he is the subject of our Hoops Vision. See what you've been missing. What, what did we miss in Justin Thomas's winning 12th for the 12th time on the PGA Tour, Bob? Well, um, he like you said, he won for the 12th time in his 141st start at the age of 26 years, eight months, and seven days. He joins Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and Sam Sneed 
as the only players to have 12 wins before the age of 27. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Tiger Woods had 34. Jack Nicklaus had 20. That's pretty crazy. Justin Thomas has 12. Um, and he becomes a current player on the PGA Tour um, that has the most wins under the age of 30. So, Justin Thomas, congratulations on your win last week, um, beating Patrick Reed in the playoff and uh, getting yourself uh, some notoriety for winning 12 events under the age of 27. Yeah, Xander Shoffley, the other one in that playoff that bowed out after the first hole. Um, but, yeah, if you find yourself on a list with the likes of Tiger, Jack, and Sneed, boy, you know you're doing something right. And, you know, what? that's what Jordan Spieth found himself early in his career was on those similar type lists, and then he had a little bit of a slump. So here's hoping, one, that's one of the things we expect to change on our poll question on Twitter, by the way, is that uh, Jordan Spieth will win again on the PGA Tour and that Rory McIlroy will win another major. Um, the, the, the Twitter followers spoke, and it was overwhelmingly in favor of – the fact that what will happen first will be Jordan Spieth winning a PGA Tour event. Of course, there's much more. There's many more opportunities for that to happen versus Rory winning a major. He only has four chances for that. Jordan has probably 25 chances if he wants to win again on the PGA Tour. But that is the Hoops Vision uh, segment of see what you are missing. And uh, by the way, if you are missing the you know hitting these bombs, hitting great shots off the tee because you can't see anymore, what are you waiting for? Get to our friends at Hoops Vision, Boyd Summerhays, Mike Weir, Mike Reed, Bob Casper, and yeah, yours truly. All got our eyes done from the best in the business, Hoops Vision, HoopsVision.com. Just get out there, get up, uh, sign up for a free comprehensive consultation. Doesn't cost you anything. You're going to feel so comfortable, I promise you. You're going to feel comfortable and excited about what they can do for your vision. And uh, when you do, mention Real Golf Radio, and here's our gift to you. Save $1,000 off of that LASIK procedure. So get out to hoopsvision.com. Mention you heard it right here on Real Golf Radio. There you go. That's Hoops Vision. See what you've been missing right here on Real Golf Radio. All right, uh, so along with Justin Thomas, we winning. He's again in the field this week. First full field event of uh, the year at the Sony Open. Next week, Bob, it's the American Express out in the desert, hosted by Phil yes. Mickelson. So Bob Hope has morphed into the Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Well, Phil Mickelson is the host, but the name of the tournament is not – no longer on, the Bob, Bob Hope Invitational. It's the American Express. Don't get so formal. I, just roll with me there. From the Bob Hope <laughs> to the Phil Mickelson. Everybody wants to play the Phil. It's the Phil in the desert, baby. So instead of the Hope, it's the Mickelson. It's the Phil. Yeah. It's the Phil. Yeah. And you know it's what? It's the if, lefty. <laughs> that could work too. I, I could go with that. It could be the lefty. So, uh, and, and we're going to see, uh, obviously, Phil there. But then the, the following week, Torrey Pine, San Diego. Correct. That's when the big names come out. Yeah, the big names coming out will be uh, guys like Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau um, will be playing. And uh, also, uh, we talked about Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, that will be his first event of, of uh, 2020. But Tiger Woods has a chance to get to number 83 mm. for he to go on and win that tournament. Yeah, the 83 watch will be on until he gets there, and then it'll be the 84, 85. Could it get to 88? By the end of the year. Just saying. I know I'm Just completely over-optimistic, but man, what I've seen out of Tiger, it is on cruise control. We'll see. Hopefully he's healthy and able to keep it going uh, for sure, but I can't wait for that to happen. All right. Uh, the, uh, that's the good news. That's the fun of golf. The 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 ugly a little bit was the, the guy hollering out cheater uh, as Patrick uh, stroked his putt in the playoff. He says he didn't hear it, but again, this is going to be something that's going to continue to come up, and so we wanted to address that, and uh, we began by uh, opening up that conversation. Bob and I talked about 
about it. And then we welcomed in the caddy. And boy, did the caddy bring it. Here he is. There's the caddy. Brought to you by Zions Bank. There are bag rats. <laughs> and then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is. The Caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the Caddy joins us here each and every week. And before we bring him on, just one other reminder coming up on Tuesday, it's the big launch for Maverick, the driver, Fairway Woods, Hybrids, Irons, all coming out from Callaway Golf. Be sure to tune in to Callaway Golf and their social channels coming up on Tuesday for the big announcement. Caddy joining us right now. Caddy, what's up, man? I am going to take a very opposite viewpoint on it, on things here. Have you been listening to the first segment to know if you're going to be opposite or not? I, well, I, I'm, I know what you're talking about. You you mentioned some terms, you mentioned some terms in your little preview there that I, that I'm going to disagree with. I think, I think people, I think people are going the wrong direction in golf. And let me explain the two words I'm going to disagree with are evolve and grow the game. Then the term "grow the game." Okay. I think those are. I think they're. I think the term more properly applied is not that things are evolving, but they're devolving. I think they're going backwards and they're getting worse. That's how I'm looking at it. And then the grow the game thing. I don't understand why do we need to grow the game. Well, that's the job of every organization is to get more eyeballs on your sport, making your advertising more valuable, making more money for your players and caddies. Why? All of those things. It's because it's a business. That's why. Golf's not a business. Absolutely. Golf is a game. It's not a business. Okay, but in the context in which which we're talking about, it's professional golf. But I think think your attitude is what's completely wrong about all of it. I think you're saying bring more mainstream, bring more eyeballs. I I'm not saying not anything. I'm just, I'm just simply pointing out that this is the discussion that is going on. And, and you can't deny right, I think the that's fact a that. Big mistake. I think the thing that's attractive about golf is that it's different than most other sports. We have different rules. We have different ethics, different behaviors. That's what I think attracts a lot of people to golf. If you make it like everything else, then it's like everything else. I think, look, when, when Ben Hogan and Sam Sneed were growing up playing golf, there was no public golf anywhere. It was extremely difficult to access golf unless you had a lot of money. And look at what they did. They did just fine. They made great careers. They became great players. There were, you know, for a long time, and in most countries even now, golf has always been an elitist sport. Yet, People with no money figure out how to become very good players. Sebi Bayaceros, another example. There's, there's tons of examples like that. And I don't have any problem with golf being like that at all because it's been just fine. In fact, I think a lot of us were really attracted to golf because it's different than all these other sports. I don't want, I don't want golf to degrade itself to be like other sports with other sports fans type behavior with other sports types of ethics. That's just how I feel about it. I think it's a mistake to think, Oh, we've got to appeal to all these young people who have 35 second attention, you know, 15 second attention. Best. No, we don't. Golf's not going anywhere. You don't have to appeal to them. 
if you want to appeal to them, keep it different. Keep it like it's always been traditional. Mm. Well, that flies in the face of some reason there. You know, some people say evolve or die, right? So it's not going to die. Game's not going to go away. It's been around for hundreds of years, more than most games, way more than most games. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not going to die. This one's golf going to golf's going to die because we don't make more money in it. No. But you got to continue to attract the interest of the next generation. Why? Why? Because when we all pass away, who's going to play if, if we're not attracting the, the, the next generation? Why did, why, did, why, why did we start playing 40 years ago when there was nothing like this growing the game stuff at all? It was a lot harder to access. Why did we get so drawn to it? It's not because of anything we're doing today to try, try, try to draw people to it. It's the opposite. We were drawn to it because there's nothing like hitting a golf ball solid. That feeling is a feeling that it's one of the great things that life has to offer when you flush a golf ball, you're you're there. You, golf's got you. It's tin it cup, man. Yeah. He's tin cup right now. He's nothing quite nothing such a pure as a feeling of a well struck golf shot. Hear him going there. Yeah. That's right. That's what it is. I mean, you're you know, golf is like that. You don't need anything to make that happen. And you know, if I just I just don't understand the point of. I think I think by devolving things, which is the term I'm going to use, I I see this as a as making things worse, making the game less attractive when you do things like that. The mainstream stuff, get more eyeballs in there, play music, you know, on the range at an event, you know, when you're, when you're, I I just couldn't disagree with that more. I think that's, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to go to a, to a tour. When I went to tour events as a young kid, I mean, it was a beautiful place to go. It was like going to a major league baseball stadium at night. They turn the lights on. You've been playing on a dirt infield in little in little league, and you see this grass, and it's like holy moly! It's like going to Augusta for the first time. Why are yeah. people so attracted to the Masters? The reason people are so attracted to the Masters is because it's so traditional. That's what that's what golf is. Why do people go to St Andrews? Tradition. Home of golf. Tradition. Tradition of the game. Yep. You know, it, I, I don't think you're going to hear anytime soon walk-up music at the Masters or at St. Andrews. <laughs> That's true. If you did, it would be piano music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Jim Spectator Nash Guide. Here, let me read this from the, the Spectator back. Guide. Caddy. So the Spectator yep. Guide at Augusta says, In golf, customs of etiquette and decorum are just as important as rules governing play. It is appropriate for spectators to applaud successful strokes in proportion to difficulty, but excessive demonstrations by a player or his partisans are not proper because of the possible effect upon other competitors. Most distressing to those who love the game of golf is the applauding or cheering of misplays or misfortunes of a player. Such occurrences have been rare in the Masters but we must eliminate them entirely if our patrons are to continue to merit their reputation as the most knowledgeable and considerate of the world. I think that's what you're talking about is that that's, that's from Bobby Jones. That's the traditions of the game. That's what we know. And we love, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and players, players uphold those traditions of the game game. Hopefully with, with you know, with the uh, the rules of the game and that kind of thing, but but I agree with you in a lot of ways that we don't that we don't need that 
the outside influences, the heckling, the baba buoys, all that kind of stuff. We don't need that in the game. When I was growing up and I started playing junior golf tournaments in Washington, D.C., there was this guy named Frank Emmett who basically created the junior program. And he was kind of a legend for doing this. Um, I couldn't play in the Maryland State Junior. I couldn't play in the Maryland Open. I couldn't play in any of that stuff because I didn't belong to a country club that was a member of the golf state golf association. I was shut out. I got, I've had a chip on my shoulder with country clubs ever since then, but didn't have anything to do with me not loving golf and not wanting to play golf at all. Maybe it even inspired me. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that's right or that's good. And it's different now. You, I, I think you, it may be different now. You, you probably still have to have some qualification to play in the Maryland Open, but so it's hardly an open, right? <laughs> it's the Maryland yeah. Closed. We used to call it the Maryland, Maryland Closed. So, yes, that, but 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 I'm just making a point that those things didn't even come close to making me quit playing golf or not be attracted to the game. Okay. So I just think the game itself is what attracts you. The hitting a golf ball solid is what really grabs you. But all the stuff that goes with it, I remember going out to the Kemper Open when I was like 16 years old and seeing a pro tournament for the first time. And the atmosphere was just so special. And the atmosphere was kind of like Bob Jones described in that paragraph about the game. That's what it was like. Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So, Caddy, do you disagree that the, that that golf today is more exciting in the advent of Tiger and what he did to change professional golf than it was prior to Tiger coming on the stage? Because it certainly changed. And I wasn't around when when Arnold Palmer did his thing in in the '60s, but I'm told it changed and it became more exciting. So. I, I, I think I understand what you're saying and upholding the traditions. And I love that creed by Bob Jones in the spectator guide at the masters. And, but, and I love going to the masters for that reason, but it, it feels to me like this train has, 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 has left the station and it's, there's really no bringing it back. And, and it's kind of, even Jay Monahan said, you got to kind of let this play out and see what's going to happen and evolve. And, it's it's happening. You're adding you're adding uh, passionate fans that are buying in. You're adding uh, cell phones and and uh, social media accounts that are emboldening these fans. You're adding alcohol sales uh, even more aggressively, and and now you're going to add betting into the game. So you understand heckling. They could literally affect the outcome of a tournament. So what? They get kicked out. They just won cash. So you know because they were able to heckle the, the guy they were they weren't that what they weren't betting for. So I I, I can see that this could go and get way out of hand um but at the same time it's it's great to see the the sport continue to grab more eyeballs and become more and more popular i i I disagree with that i don't think it's great i think it's i think it's fine for the sport to become more popular and for more people to be into it but everything you described in in your last commentary was make more money that's what the gambling's about. Is gambling about anything but making more money? Anything no. at all? No, it's about making more money. So when you bring the scenario in where you can affect the outcome of a tournament because some guy has a big bet on somebody and yells in the middle of their swing and he's going to win his bet, 
right? He's made more money. Well, yeah, okay. Has that made the game better? No, uh, no. I've done, I, look, I'm no. not for that. I'm just saying that's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the problem. That's because the focus is all – when people say grow the game, it's the parallel to, to make more money. That's what it is. That's what, that's what grow the game means. It means make more money for most people. I, I don't, don't think, think that's that I don't think that's US. I don't think that's all evil by the way. I I think it's I think it's I, I I don't think it means that when the USGA says it at all. I think the USGA is interested in figuring out how to get people interested in playing golf. I think that's you know that's cool. That's great. But I think I think for for most when most people use the term grow the game, they're talking about how do we make more money. And most of what you described is how do we make more money? So I just, um, I think to, to me though, here's the thing, the bottom line I'm trying to make it point I'm trying to make is that the attractive thing about golf, it is, is that it is not like everything else. It, it doesn't require you to have a cell phone out there. It doesn't require you to have Instagram out. I think it would be way better, way better. How many people think everybody looking at their cell phones for eight hours a day is a positive? <laughs> yeah, true. Anybody think that? Well, what, no. what, what if we kept a cell phone ban on at a golf tournament? You can't bring your phone. Well, you're going to say, oh, you're going to lose people. Well, so what? Well, you know, okay, if, if, we're, if we're trying to make as much money as possible, you know, let's you know, let's bring Top Golf out instead of having a PGA tournament. They make a lot of money. They got a great thing going on. It's a great business idea. But I think it'd be better if you couldn't bring a cell phone at all with you to the golf course because you know what? Detoxing from your cell phone is a pretty good thing to do. All and right, Caddy. Well, there is one tournament. Yeah. That doesn't allow you to have yep. cell phones. There sure is, isn't there? And it's the yes, one. There what, is. What? I mean, if you're naming the, the top couple tournaments in the world, that tournament's always mentioned as number one usually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Without question. Every year, without question. All, yeah. all right, Caddy, so we're out, of, we're out of time. We're up against a break. But so, so to go back to the question I was going to ask you in the beginning, so are, are you against, do you, do you think it's, are you against heckling then? Is that inappropriate that somebody yelled cheater at, uh, in the golf tournament last week with Patrick Reed? I think it's entirely appropriate if you're sitting in the end zone at the Raiders game, but it's not appropriate at a golf tournament, period. All right, that was the caddy. Bringing it strong today. Had some strong feelings about this. And, uh, again, brought to you by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Short break. We'll come back. Hear what Jeff Rude had to say about this when we return on Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. 
My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. The first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver's tee or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity in their daily lives. The first tee helps young men and women become better golfers. But even more important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirstee.org. Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let You Into Golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf. Featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, and AVX golf balls for only $39.99 a dozen. And save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You Into Golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You Into Golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back. It's the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. This segment brought to you by Mountainland Supply, the official Rainbird Golf Irrigation Supplier in the state of Utah. If you want to make your lawn look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop where the pros shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. Jeff Rude, also, his response to the heckling conversation and is it rude to heckle in the game of golf. Well, I think it would be okay for me to heckle somebody because I was born rude. I have an excuse. Other people don't have excuses. <laughs> I love it. See, that, that's, that's going that's right awesome. to the source. 
Um, you know, I, I, you know, obviously that's been a hot topic this week, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and thank goodness that whoever yelled cheater to Patrick Reed, it's, it's, uh, in the playoff at, uh, Kapalua, it, it, it didn't interfere with the stroke. It was after the stroke, but, but still, you know, uh, I, I'm from the school that it's, it's, uh, it's more, uh, it's more important to be kind than right. Um, you know, I, I don't think golf needs, uh, uh, heckling okay it's it's it sets itself apart from other sports um you know that that doesn't mean you can't uh you know express yourself a little bit but let's be you know uh I'm, i was surprised you know uh, damon heck from the golf channel a long time friend of mine posted a thing that said uh, he agrees with commissioner monahan jay monahan the tour commissioner that heckling is uh is is to be an accepted part um you know, I mean, and uh, you, do you have the Monahan quote there, uh, Brian, of what he said, so we can, so the listener can uh, be in sync with us. Yeah. So Damon said from the commission back in March of 2018, quote, yelling, "Get in the bunker," which we'll remember that was an incident that that that's part of the what our players have to accept in any sport. You you go to an away game and people aren't rooting for you, but they can't interfere with what you're trying to do competitively. Unquote. Yeah, I don't think players uh, should have to accept heckling. I don't. I think players, I think players have to, uh, you know, be thin-skinned to what's on social media. But he- heckling shouldn't be allowed. There's a on the PGA Tour ticket. There's a decorum policy on the back that doesn't, you know, basically says if you misbehave, we can, you know, we can throw you out. Um, you know, uh, you know, and 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 so I, I, I'm surprised. To, to hear the commissioner have that sentiment, particularly, particularly, and I think this is important with, you know, live gambling uh, on the way, it, it only stands to possibly get worse if uh, if the three of us are out at the, uh, the, the, the island hole at TPC Sawgrass and we've got, you know, Patrick Reed's got a 10-footer and we've had four beers and, and uh, we've got money on it and he misses it. I mean, who knows what people are going to yell. So... You know, I, 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 I think, uh, I mean, if I were the commissioner of the PGA Tour, I, I, w- I would have, uh, you know, listen, heckling doesn't have a place in our sport and uh, go from there. Well, and, you know, and that's what Bobby Jones said and what, what it says in the Spectator Guide at Augusta National. And, you know, we, we kind of hold Augusta National as the bar for, for what it should be, for, for what decorum and etiquette of, fans and patrons is supposed to be in the game of golf. He said in, in golf customs and etiquette and decorum are just as important as rules governing the play. And, and for, you know, I know that Augusta national, if somebody starts to, to cheer or yell something out of the crowd at a player or stuff, you know, that guy's gone. Um, and so it doesn't oh, have yeah. to be done Bad. by the players. Bad. Well, let's go, uh, Planets apart from Augusta National, off 180 degrees uh, to the Phoenix Open, uh, to yeah. the 16th hole, where you know all hell breaks loose and people. I mean, it, it, that that place there gets in the uh, gets passed. Um, you know, and and you know, I, I it's not like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but uh, you know that that whole thing, as long as they don't, uh, you know, interfere with. Uh, person swing that whole thing seems to be pretty cool and and people seem to embrace it 
Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about 16 at Phoenix? Yeah, so I, and this is my point exactly, Jeff. I've always maintained it, and being in sports broadcasting and in other sports, football, basketball, you know, from NBA to college football and that type of thing, you get this a lot. Oh, you're a golf guy. You got to be quiet. Try try hitting a, a, a putt with, with uh, 20,000 fans screaming at you or something right, like that. Right, so, look, look, I've right. defended this before, and this is the point. The Phoenix, 16th at Phoenix, is not that big of a deal for the players because the noise is a constant. Guys could be yelling, but right. you don't notice it because it's part of the noise. I've always maintained, right. and I said this earlier in the show, if a guy was shoot, an NBA player was shooting a free throw and everyone's behind him screaming, waving all those signs and, and noisemakers and such, if you could simultaneously get all 20,000 fans to go to hush silence just as the NBA player is about to shoot that free throw, I, I promise you it doesn't get to the rim. So it, it, it's the change. It's not the noise. Yeah. It's the that change, right? That would be more right? disruptive. I yeah. agree with you. That would be more disruptive, the quiet. and Well, it's the, it's the one voice. Uh, piercing through the air rather than uh, constant chatter. Yes, that, yeah, right. that throws you, you off. Remember at the, right. You remember at the Ryder Cup a few years back in Chicago there, um, you know, Bubba Watson, he got the, he got the fans and every, everybody to start yelling and, uh, or, and uh, you know, making noise and cheering and that kind of stuff, and he just hit it right off the tee, and it was not, not a big deal. It's, it's that, that sudden interruption, that kind of thing. Um, like you said, that one voice, and then guys start having a problem with, with things happening and hope and, and what we're leading to is that one voice coming out right in the middle of the execution of a shot or a putt or something like well, that. Well, that's right. It really interfering with play, not, you know, the, the interfering with the stroke. Yes. And that, that is, uh, uh, that, that's something that can happen. And, and, but here's the thing, I think it'll, it would self correct it. I mean, if all of a sudden, you know, uh, 50 people per tournament are getting tossed, I mean, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a self-correction if we ever got there in the first place. And, you know, I, I think golf fans pretty much know how to behave. Jeff Rue joining us here on and, Real and, Golf and, Radio. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, and I think Reed's a different character, too, because if, if golf has a villain, he's the guy. And so, and with the, you know, with, with, with the uh, incident at the Bahamas and his rap sheet, um, you know, people uh, probably feel more comfortable telling stuff at him. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think what you saw, he got, the, you know, the fans are rough on him down at the President's Cup in Australia. So yep. um, I think Patrick can help himself. I think he could, you know, I, I would love to PR coach him. I really would. I mean, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't comment after the Kapalua thing, you know, about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's an easy fix. First of all, had he called a penalty on himself in the Bahamas, we wouldn't be talking about it. People wouldn't be yelling cheater. And if we were talking about it, uh, it would be, hey, this guy called a penalty on himself. Maybe he's rediligating his rap sheet. So, uh, you know, but we, uh, you know, I, I think Capilua, he'd say, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that people are saying that. Listen, you know, um, uh, it's, you know, there, there, there needs to be some contrition and me a culpa from him at some point. You know, and, and uh, you know, the world loves an apology, particularly American society loves the apology or the or, or some sort of contrition. If it's sincere. Right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. So let me let me second part of this. And I, and I think we, we agree with you that the fans need to go and have a good time at the golf tournament. But they need to be respectful. Right. I mean, if you want to if you yeah. want to get fun at, with some guys as they're walking down the fairway and holler at them, that's not going to affect play. Curtis would say it would. But um, but but to right. some point, as long as you're not interfering with them being respectful uh, while they're swinging, I think that's that, that's something there. Now, let, 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 what about is it, you know, going off this rude thing? And I, I'm probably still in one of your old uh, sticks here, but. 
it. Is it rude to, to criticize a player in the media? I mean, I, I, this this whole letter, you know, talk about Patrick trying to help himself. This, this idea of him having an attorney send a letter uh, to Brandel Chambly telling him basically stop picking on my guy or will you, I'll, I'm ready to accept your apology and please don't say anything more about it. It reminds me that the Koi Pond office episode where Michael Scott puts sensitivity training in place and says, look, write something on the board and you can't be teased about it. Patrick is basically wanting to write the Bahamas sand on the board so he can't be teased about it anymore. And it's it, it's backfire. I mean, it's 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 silly. Yeah, I, I'm unfamiliar with the uh, the lawyer's letter to, to Brandle. Um, that that seems a little, uh, you know, without seeing it. I mean, I, it'd be hard for me to comment. But um, but the last time I did check, uh, uh, you know, that I read the, uh, the Constitution late at night before I went to bed, I stumbled across something called the First Amendment. And uh, it, it does allow for, uh, you know, freedom of speech and, and freedom of, uh, you know, free press and so forth and freedom of expression and freedom of peaceful assembly. So uh, I don't know the law and, and I don't know what Brandel said to prompt uh, that, but um, my Lord, I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. He's a commentator for, for my, my. And that's it, right? That's that's what he's paid to do is to express an yeah. opinion, and and uh, it, it's just it's it's interesting um, when you read the language of the letter, uh, according to Golf Week and other sources that have, have put that out there. It's pretty. I, I mean, there, there's no basis for it, so it just feels like going back to you coaching him on right. the PR standpoint. This kind of stuff doesn't do you any favors. It just sort of stirs up the hornet's nest even more. I, I this is not gonna this is not gonna go away for Patrick anytime soon, is it? Well, not unless again he shows some contrition or or uh, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, um, you know, it didn't look good. What happened in the Bahamas didn't look good." But I'm, you know, and uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody, people are calling me names and they're calling me cheater. And and honestly, I didn't think. And I said, "Listen, you know, I just say, listen, you know, I'm I'm sorry it happened." I, I I can assure you it's not going to happen again. I'm going to, I'm going to be extra careful. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I hope I get everybody's, uh, if they can understand. And, uh, uh, at the same time, it's, you know, it's not pretty to call names, but, um, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to donate the money that I won there to chair. You know, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Yep, you, yeah, you, exactly. Fight, fight back. I mean, uh, hug the world, you know? All right, that was Jeff Rude who joined us in hour number one, and it's brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. When we come back, what you need to know about the new world handicap system, Thomas Pagel from the USGA joins us right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Temperatures are dropping, and you know what that means. Frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, and worse. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, 
controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember hi fellow sports fans it's ned siegfried what would we do without sports following our favorite sports teams whether it be the jazz or the utes or the kooks takes our mind off the many challenges in life accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with if you're one of these people we'd love to talk to you about your situation Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Whether you're a casual golfer or an avid golfer, let You Into Golf help you fill your wish list with the season's best deals in golf. Featuring special holiday offers from Titleist. Save on Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X, and AVX golf balls for only $39.99 a dozen. And save $30 on Titleist Vokey SM7 wedges for only $119.99. And while you're there, register to win free golf balls for a year. You Into Golf offers an exclusive 90-day satisfaction guarantee. You Into Golf, helping golfers' holiday dreams come true since 1971. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, thanks for joining us here in the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio, brought to you in part by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And Bob, before we get to World Handicap System discussion and Thomas Pagel standing by, it is time for that question I like to ask you each and every week. What are you putting on that smoker? Oh, wow. Last week I had uh, pork tenderloin. Um, I also cooked a, um, a pork butt for pulled pork, you know, just to kind of have some stuff in the, in the refrigerator, in the freezer. So uh, this weekend, I think we're just going to throw some steaks on there. Oh, well, hey, just, just some steaks, you know. Just like, some steaks. Just some steaks. I mean, you know what? They are phenomenal. You get, them to, you get them to the right temp and then reverse sear them. 
kick them up. And uh, that uh, Traeger Timberline 1300 is phenomenal. You can get it at a barbecue pit stop or barbecuepitstop.com. They got three locations up and down the Wasatch Front. They got rub sauces, everything you need to be a barbecue pit master at barbecuepitstop.com. All right, as we mentioned, World Handicap System is here. It's affecting you. What does it mean, Thomas Pagel from the USGA? Wow, it's uh, it's going to be tough for, for me to keep that quick. I mean, it, it, this means so much. I mean, this is uh, it, it's really a great thing for the game, the global game. Uh, if you look at where we were previously, there were six handicap authorities uh, throughout the world that were calculating handicaps, golf handicaps, differently. You had the USGA system used in a big part of the world, but you had Golf Australia and Argentina and Congo, who oversees the UK, uh, the European Golf Association, and so. What we were finding is as this world becomes increasingly borderless and people travel and they play more, you couldn't play equitably or fairly with counterparts from other parts of the world because all of our handicaps were done differently. Some of the systems only allowed for you to post tournament scores. Some of the systems were focused on a stable fert or points-based format. And so, you know, in the U.S., if you were to go play from somebody from the U.K., you were going to get your clock cleaned because the handicaps were calculated differently. And so about seven years ago, uh, Mike Davis and Peter Dawson, who was then the uh, chief executive for the RNA, got together and said, let's let's be uh, bold here and take on an initiative to try and create a system where we can have a single worldwide handicap system. And that's exactly what, what we've done. So it's been a journey. Uh, as you can imagine, taking six systems, which are all based on on, on specifications and algorithms and combining them into one is, is not an easy task, especially when you're dealing with different golfing cultures. Uh, but our team has done that. And so now... As of January 1st this year, we're excited that we've now launched the World Handicap System. Uh, we've implemented it immediately here in the U.S. And over the course of the next probably nine to ten months, you're going to see a rolling implementation throughout the world. And, and geez, at the end of this year, every single handicap uh, for every golfer around the globe will be calculated in the same way. So, again, can't keep it short, but it, this is a big deal for the game of golf. Well, and, and, and the USGA and the RNA, they're their governing rules of the for golf, um, throughout the world. And so for this to all come together, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, again, it was a, it was a monumental effort. This is a space where the USGA, our handicap system, we have over a hundred years of experience uh, and sweat equity that's been put into that system. Um, and and so certainly we didn't want to lose that or abandon that, but for the, for the betterment of the game, the best thing for the game was to try and develop a single system. And for all your listeners out there, I know, we're going to get into what does this mean for me? The one thing I, I try and tell folks here in the U S is take some comfort. You are going to notice some changes, but the amount of change we're going to experience here in the U S is far less significant than what others will experience throughout the world. And what I mean by that is this world handicap system. It's primarily based on the system that we've been using here in the U S for over a hundred years. Thomas Pagel, United States golf association, joining us here on real golf radio. So let's start to get to the, some of the nitty gritty. And I, I think that on your website, if you go to usga.org, um, and I believe it's just slash WHS, uh, will take Correct. you to the World Handicap System. And th- this little infographic, five things to know about the World Handicap System, I, I think that's a good place to start. There, there's other things that come off of that, but um, the, the handicap index calculation is changing. I think that's something that we're – for me, I didn't ever under, completely understand slope rating. I, I knew kind of that it related to the difficulty of the golf course and how that affected my handicap and on that particular course. But talk about how this uh, handicap index calculation, what, what are the changes in, under the new system? 
Yeah, this one, this is actually, for, for those of us that are not mathematicians by background, this is a, a fantastic change, right? So the old system, we used to take the best 10 of 20 scores or your score differentials where you use the course handicap or course rating, slope rating, and you come up with a number. We take the best 10 of 20, but then we had what we call this bonus for excellence where we'd multiply it by 0.96. So it wasn't truly an average because we were taking apart or we, we were taking a good chunk of that away. Um, and now under the new system, it is truly a system where we're going to take the best eight of 20. So no longer 10, we're going to go with eight scores and we're just going to take the average of the differentials. Uh, so it becomes a little simpler. You don't have this additional, um, uh, calculation you have to go through. So at the, when you, when you get your handicap revision and you see the little stars next to the, the scores, those are the scores that the eight scores out of the 20 that were used. And we're just taking an average of, of those. So it's a much simpler approach. Um, frankly, um, when, when you look at that output or, or that handicap index. All right. And it also, I like, is, is, was that, I assume that was intentional going from 10 to eight so that it's a little bit more, um, relevant to your latest rounds. Also, uh, along with that, you're also going to see daily postings and daily updates and revisions to your handicap as opposed to the old twice a month, uh, situation, right? Uh, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so back to the eight of 20. Yeah. I mean, it truly is reflective of your potential. That's what the handicap system is designed to capture. It's not, you know, what is your best score? What's your worst score? It's what's your potential as a golfer and, and eight of 20 does that. And I should have said the first time, you know, on January 1st, when, when folks woke up, they may have noticed their handicap index changed. Uh, for some people like myself, I didn't change at all. I had the same handicap index I did on January 1st using the eight of 10 as I did using or using eight of 20 as I did using 10 of 20 with the bonus of excellence. But there are folks that could change maybe by a stroke. Um, we're not seeing significant swings, but there, there are some folks that would have noticed that. Um, as it relates to the, the daily updates, again, this is uh, an attempt for, for the system to be more responsive before the system would update on the first and 15th. And so as you're posting rounds, they would sit there and you'd have to wait for them before your handicap would take effect. Now, if you go out and you post a score, you wake up the next day, your handicap's going to be updated. We're going to have daily revisions, so it's much more responsive, and you can you can watch your trend as a golfer happen more in real time than waiting those those two weeks. Well, the other thing I liked about it was, you know, on on any certain or specific day, um, the golf course could play totally different than than it did the day before under calm conditions or whatever. You might have windy weather, you know, tough conditions, and and that comes into effect to help out with with the handicap as well. Yeah, and this one, uh, this is really cool. So this is what we call our playing course conditions. And, and it's not, it's, it's a pretty conservative uh, calculation. It's not going to happen often. But as you're saying, if you're playing a golf course uh, and it's really windy and it's raining and you're out there with your friends and you post your score, the system's going to automatically notice and say, okay, I've seen that most people that are posting scores today, their scores are higher than what they knew, what they normally post. And the scores overall on the golf course are higher than what the course rating would typically dictate. And it will go in and kick out an al algorithm and, and adjust back to what would be more normal conditions. And so you don't have to feel like, man, it was rainy. It was windy. This score is going to kill my handicap. I don't, I don't want to use it. Go ahead and post it. The system will take care of it for you. Uh, we want people out there enjoying golf and posting scores and, and we'll let the uh, system do the calculations in the background. Talking about the world handicap system and, and how what changes we're going to see as amateurs and how it affects us and our play. Can you address this um, I, this idea of a playing handicap and and how what does that mean? What how is that different than a course handicap? 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it will largely be the same, uh, but we did introduce a new term, playing handicap, which indicates if you were to play a different format outside of individual stroke play, there oftentimes is an allocation that you're given. So if you're playing in a, in a four-ball event, for example, you're not getting 100% of your handicap. Uh, you're going to get, what is it, I think 90%. And so you have a course handicap, which would be at 100%. But the playing handicap is just the adjustment to say, no, no, Brian, you're not getting 100 today. You're going to play at 90% of your handicap. That is your playing handicap for today. So it's really an attempt to introduce this new concept so that you can understand the difference of, okay, if I were getting 100% of my strokes, I'd be at X. But today, because I'm getting only a certain percentage, I'm at Y, and the Y is my playing handicap. Interesting. Okay, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite Michael Scott comment. You know, he's trying to figure out the surplus, but but yeah. I, I, so, but breaking that down, the, the idea being this: this is the whole thing is to try to keep the game equitable, right? I mean, I think we've all one of the biggest things that's distressing to us is when, when you find yourself in a tournament and somebody just posts a ridiculously low score based on their handicap. So that, that come, it, it makes it difficult. That takes out the whole equitable part of it. That's the reason for handicaps. So I assume this helps all these efforts are to keep that equitable play. Right. And, and I think there is something in the new world handicap that allows for some adjustments. If, if that scenario were to take place. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and the old system had it as well, but the new system has, uh, a mechanism that might kick in a little bit easier, but it also has some other protections against it. As you said, I mean, the principle for a handicap system is to be able to promote fun and fair play or that equitable play as you described it. And in order for that to happen, you, you, first of all, you need to rely on the integrity of the players and posting scores. And I think that as golfers inherently that that's, that's what we do. But if somebody were to go out and play in a tournament and they were to shoot an exceptional score, the system recognizes that. And if it's, more than a certain number of strokes better than their handicap index, it is going to automatically kick in and adjust their handicap index again so that it's more reflective of their potential as a golfer. And they've just shown through this exceptional score that their potential as a golfer is perhaps better than what their handicap index might suggest. And so it will, it will kick in. And then on top of that, this, this system also uh, includes some new safeguards, what we, have, what we call caps, right? So we have uh, a soft cap and a hard cap. And essentially, these caps, without going into the calculations, limit the amount that a player's handicap can go up from uh, a revision to revision, but also over a 12-month period. So if you were to start uh, the year as a five handicap, this system's going to make sure that you're not going to go up and, and six months from now be a 15. It's going to kick in and cap and say, whoa, whoa, Brian, your potential as a golfer is actually this, at least what you've shown in the last 12 months. And while your score's might be trending a little bit higher. We're actually not going to raise your handicap index up at that rate because we want it to reflect the potential that you've shown in the past. So again, there's some safeguards and measures that we, that we've put in there because at the end of the day, it is about uh, promoting that fun and fair play. All right. That was Thomas Pagel who joined us earlier from the USGA. I'll just say this. I think my takeaway is I'm going to need to play around with a little bit. I'm going to need to post some scores to better understand it, but hopefully that gives you some insight. And if you want the full interview, you can check it out on our Twitter page at real golf. Uh, we post it there for you and any of your podcaster sites, it's available for you there as well. And again, don't forget, be sure to give us a follow. If you're not doing so, we're drawing a winner from our Twitter followers and our Instagram followers 
to get a new Callaway Maverick driver at the end of the month. You got two weeks. Sign up, tell your friends, and join. Increase your chances. Following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Real Golf and at Real Golf Radio on Insta. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For Dave Glauser and Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks for joining us every Saturday morning, 6 to 9. It's Real Golf Radio right here on 1280 The Zone. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 